God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're here in Lubbock, Texas today, and Lubbock, Texas has just become a sanctuary city for the unborn in recent months. We are blessed to be able to visit with some of the ladies that God used to spearhead this movement to eliminate Planned Parenthood from their city. And we want to encourage you that no matter what your age, you can make an impact in helping to end abortion. Welcome to the podcast today. We are all about contending for the outpouring and equipping for the outpouring so that we can engage in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. And one of the things that we have to do is to contend with the spiritual things that are going on that are keeping the minds of the people unable to see the gospel and hear the gospel because of the things that bring curses on the land. And one of the things that brings curses on the land is the shedding of innocent blood. And we see that in Leviticus chapter 18 about the shedding of innocent blood and how it's connected with the, the forbidden sexual practices that the, that the Lord lines out for us as, as things that are abomination to him, that cause the land to actually vomit out its inhabitants. And, and God wants us to understand the importance of taking responsibility for the shedding of innocent blood and, and and praying through to get these things, these abominations out of our cities. So we have with us today a whole panel of ladies from Lubbock, Texas, that have taken responsibility for their city, and and they've made great strides in, in following the leading of the Holy Spirit, God brought things together to overthrow an attempt of the enemy to bring more shedding of innocent blood into their city. So we'd like to welcome Gay Heron and Myrna Weaver and Tanya Gillum and Sherry Grubelnik. We welcome all four of you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Glad to be here. We're honored. <laughs> well, we're excited. And what our heart is today is to bring to this podcast, a vision that anybody and everybody can step up in the spirit to take responsibility for what's going on in their community and to say, no. So tell us, how did all this start for you? There were, there were five grandmothers, as I understand it. Sherry wasn't one of them, but she's, she's connected with us and she's connected with them and, and brought us all together. Um, tell us, one of you ladies, who were you and, and what, what were you doing and how did all this come together? When we started this, we've been friends and been ministry together now for close to 10 years or more. 
And uh, when they closed down the jail services and the classes at the Lubbock County Detention Center. Which is what you were doing. Which is what we have been doing the last nine years. We knew that we could had to keep meeting some way and start praying for our nation. Wonderful. So that's how it began. It was we, cut, shut down because of COVID, right? Shut down because of COVID. And so we started FaceTiming mm-hmm. uh, two times a week. Uh, we spent hours each time praying for our nation. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. And then praying on our own. Um, and God stepped us into a whole new season of intercession. Okay. So, um, so you were contending. Yes. In a big way. Yes. And it just kind of, uh, it changed the whole look of who we are. Yes. And so it started that way. Then you heard about a a diabolical plan. Yes. So Planned Parenthood had been here before in Lubbock. Yes, and closed in 2013. Because of praying people, right? Yes, The people prayed the thing down. Yes. And then they tried to slip back in. Tell us about that. Well, um, we found out about it because of a meeting that was brought uh, together by Senator Charles Perry. Mm -hmm. And um, he had found out from the people that work with him that Planned Parenthood was trying to get licensed to start hiring people to be to come back into Lubbock, Texas. And so nobody knew that they were planning on coming in. This was... um, Something that they were working under the radar to mm-hmm. kind, to kind of slide in and not let anybody know about it until it happened. Yeah, except for the mayor and the city council. The mayor and the city council did know, mm-hmm. and so Senator Perry caught on to it. He uh, put a group of people together, which was Sherry was part of that. And um, had a meeting, and it turned out that there were hundreds of people there, and um, and including us five grandmas. And so that's how it started. And by the time we finished that night, we knew that we had to do something. Okay. So what what was the something that you that the Holy Spirit led you to do first? Well, for me first, and for all of us, I guess I can say, is we knew we had to get on our knees in prayer. Okay, that's number one. That was the most number one thing. We knew that Planned Parenthood did not belong in Lubbock, Texas. Mm -hmm. We knew the prophecies that were spoken over our city that had been spoken for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. We knew Lubbock, Texas was going to be a city of refuge. Uh huh. We knew that. Okay. And we knew that there was no way Planned Parenthood could come to Lubbock, Texas, and Lubbock, Texas be a city of refuge. Yeah, because it it, it brings a curse. The, absolutely. And so we knew that Planned Parenthood didn't belong there. So we said, not on our time, that's not right. in our city. And Amen. we started praying first. Okay. And that's what we, we started. <laughs> We began to understand that the city council and mayor were not the real gatekeepers. Uh huh. That it was the ecclesia, mm-hmm. those that understood their authority over their city. Okay, let me just add something here. For the people that don't understand the word ecclesia, 
Mm-hmm. That is the Greek word that has been translated into the word church in right. most of our texts. Right. But what it really means in in context, when it was written, it was a legislative body that was sent to legislate over a region. Right. So that's that's what we're supposed to be as the church is legislating righteousness. Right. Go ahead. And we had to believe that, mm-hmm. that we were part of um, a higher government mm-hmm. and that we had authority over our city. The first thing was um, with the prayer was, no, this is our city. Right. We claimed the city. Mm-hmm. And that was powerful. Yes. It's our city. You know, our enemy can make us think that we don't own anything. Mm-hmm. He owns it all. And so that's where we began to contend with we, the church, are the gatekeepers. Right. So that's when we went to the billboards. And so we started praying and asking the Holy Spirit to lead us, to show us what to do. And so one of the grandmothers suggested billboards. And we thought, okay, we'll pray about that. So we uh, prayed about that and went to a billboard company, got prices, got a message, and uh, we posted billboards all throughout our city. And as we were talking about before the podcast, a declaration opens a portal over your city. Mm-hmm. So we use that not knowing <laughs> the power behind it, but the power was the Lord was for saving lives. Mm-hmm. He was for our declaration because it's his heart. Right. And it opened the door for action other people saw the billboards and they started asking how can we help how can we be involved wow so there were lots of people that had it in their hearts but it it took somebody stepping up and saying lord what can we do and you were praying and i'm sure there were lots of other people that were praying too wondering what can we do so when they saw the billboards they said how can we help yes Then what happened? Well, we might have skipped one thing. There was a a modern-day Paul, Markley Dixon, that came to our city Mm -hmm. to talk about making it a sanctuary city for the unborn. Tell us about him. He is amazing. And he and a, a very brilliant lawyer made this ordinance to where It didn't have anything to do with enforcement from the city, Mm -hmm. but on the civil side, a father, like a father that didn't know even had a baby and found out later that it was aborted, could sue the abortionist, or even a grandmother that found out later, or whoever, there could be multiple suits Mm -hmm. civilly. Against the abortionists and the people that work there. Wow. Brilliant. And that's what we came on board with, with the billboards, because that was the only thing that we could see we could join Mm -hmm. to make our voices heard that said, no, this is our city. 
So Lubbock became a sanctuary city for the unborn. That's what you were pressing for. Yes. And that's what the city council didn't want anything to do with. Absolutely What happened? A hundred and maybe 150, maybe a little less or a little more, we don't know, spoke. For a city council meeting? Yes. What happened? We went late, late into the night, and there were a few pro-choice, but most precious people. And they were a little mocking. Who? The the city council. It was pretty obvious. Would you all say that? I don't think it was a little. It was a lot. I was trying to be nice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But but they had all been elected as being pro-life. Pro-life and Christian and conservative. Yes. Yes. But but they but they looked at this as a business coming in, right? Yes. To them it was revenue for the city. (sighs) Blood revenue. Yeah. Mm. And to us it was Curse. murdering mm-hmm. innocent lives. So anyway, the city council voted, all seven voted against the ordinance. And what would the ordinance do? That was That's what you were just talking about? Yeah, the ordinance was a kind of a trap for the abortionists by citizens, mm-hmm. not legal entities like the city mm-hmm. and the city's thing was, oh, we'll get a million lawsuits, and no, we can't do that, and it'll cost this, you know, whatever. But it wasn't true. They didn't even understand Mm -hmm. the ordinance. It was brilliant, even more so than we knew. Yeah. And so the end of that, with a lot of work from a lot of people and grassroots that loved God and had no idea how to express themselves. And so it brought a coalition Mm -hmm. of groups. Wonderful. And it was very, very powerful. Then what happened? Well, I was just going to expand a little bit on what Gay said. Um, It brought, uh, it was an upheaval that was brought into Lubbock, Texas. And people from all seven mountains of culture in this city came together and all the little towns around us. Mm -hmm. And they all came together. We were represented by from the mountain of government to business, to education. We had people coming up that just said, this is not right, that stood up. And we had the most powerful group of volunteers Mm -hmm. that came together on this issue. And so it was unbelievable, completely an act of God. Wow. So how did you get the people to get together? God did that. God did it. But how did you get the the churches to agree? That was the biggest part. And Sherry probably uh, has a lot she can add to on that. But we knew the churches had to be involved. I was actually at one of the meetings for Project Destiny. And even before the meetings, I kept feeling like the Lord was saying, the churches, they have to come into unity for the vote. And so many churches, they don't want to stand up and and be political because they're afraid they're going to lose part of their congregation. But um, we felt like there's probably churches that were willing to take a stand. And I don't know how many invitations we ended up sending out, but 
I felt in my heart, and then once again, it was Holy Spirit, um, to have something that would bring these pastors together. And so Gay and I had talked, and Myrna and Tanya, and we wanted it to be something with an excellent spirit on mm-hmm. it, that if they opened up an invitation— Whoever they were, whatever pastor they were from whatever church, they'd say, I want to go to that. Mm-hmm. Then it would bring them together, and actually you're the one that came up with the, the term, the unity of the Father's heart. And that brought all these churches, different denominations together, because they want unity of the Father's heart, which was for the unborn. And my husband does chuck wagon cooking, mm-hmm. and uh, we wanted an excellent spirit on it. But I looked at Dale, and he does great, great cooking. He does. By the way. But I looked at Dale. He came through the door, and I said, "Would you be willing to cook for all the churches?" <laughs> we didn't know at that time how many in Lubbock, and he said yes. And we had it out at the Spirit Ranch. And it just, the invitation was, if you open it up, you think, oh, I want to go to that. So when we were there, we had different ideas in the beginning of how to put it together, but it turned out to be a panel of pastors that talked about it, but also opened it up for question and answer so that the other pastors that were there, they could ask questions Mm -hmm. on, can we do this? Can we do that? And then even the Catholic church had the bishop write a letter and they were very, very powerful. And, but the churches, once that happened, these pastors went to their bodies of the, the people in their churches and they campaigned, and some of them even put out not just signs, but big, huge banners out in front of the churches. They took a stand, and mm-hmm. they came together with the unity of the Father's heart. Beautiful. Amen. And then you had, wasn't there a campaign to, to make phone calls? Uh, Sharon, I, we might need to backtrack for a minute. After the petition, after we did the petition, we did that so that it would come to a citizen's vote. It was a petition to get it onto the the For a a citizens vote, vote because yes. the city council wouldn't do anything. Yes, and that was that was in May of last year of twenty twenty one. So we had to go through all the all the steps that the charter required mm-hmm. to get this uh, to a vote for the citizens. So I just wanted to make that clear. Okay. So if someone else is looking at this, wondering what they can do. Well, you have to go through all the all the steps to do it, and it's the steps for your community because mm-hmm. every exactly. community is going to be a little bit different. Exactly. If your if your city council had been on board with you, you wouldn't have had to get all those signatures to make it a vote for the That's for the whole public. That's right. Correct. So, so listener, pay attention to do the do the do the homework to find out what you need to do in your community to make sure that there is not this shedding of innocent blood on your soil. Um, Mark Lee Dixon, who started the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn that helped write the ordinance, Mm -hmm. he is who you contact. If anybody has to go the same way we went, he's the first one you contact. Okay. And he has made... um, uh, this may be an old number, but there are 37 sanctuary cities. In, um, in how many states? Is it all just in Texas? Texas? Well, he has a couple of more, one in Ohio. And, 
Nebraska. In Nebraska, but those are, they're mostly all concentrated in Texas Mm -hmm. and growing. Right. And Texas has that heartbeat bill that mm-hmm. that uh, Senator Perry has been involved with. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar kind of bill where it's it's civil suits that can come up. Right. As and and can it be just any citizen that or is it it does it have to be like a citizen that's involved with someone who's had an abortion? Yes. yes. With someone that's in the family. Okay. Or who it affects. Mm-hmm. Um to bring um, lawsuits, which basically they were very afraid of. Mm-hmm. And so that stopped them doing abortions mm-hmm. in Lubbock. They were too fearful of multiple lawsuits from one abortion that they did. It could happen. Right. So they quit doing abortion. So did they ever even get started? Did yes. They did get back? We tried to beat them before they could do that, mm-hmm. but it there wasn't enough uh, time. Wow. So they started, and then they had to stop. They still are here doing health, in quotes, stuff, you know. Okay. But. Now, just just for information's sake— um, I heard someone telling how someone who had been involved in, I'm not sure whether it was Planned Parenthood or some other abortion uh, in, in industry location, that they were deliberately pushing to get information, sex education into young people, the younger and younger and younger, the better, to get them interested in experimentation and then giving them ideas for uh, preventing pregnancy but telling them the wrong information so that they so that there was a great likelihood of pregnancy happening so that they could get more abortions so they could get more money because they were getting money for every abortion they make millions billions and that's not just from the abortion but for I hate to say selling selling baby parts yes. body parts it's Almost it's diabolical. It's absolutely diabolical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, Tanya, I understand that you, you you have an extra reason for being involved in this. Can you just share a little of your testimony? Yes, I can. Um, I was 19 years old, and um, I had an abortion. And um, I was 40 years old before I ever dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, were, were you, were you struggling emotionally in the meantime? Um, yes. Or just put it away in the back of your head. Well, I was, um, sexually abused as a child. Mm. And so I learned very young to, um, stuff memories and forget things. And so I grew up remembering very little of my childhood. Mm. So, when I had the abortion, I did what I was very, very good at doing, and that was um, covering up and just stuffing them down mm. and forgetting about them. And God just would not allow that this time. But so what happened when you were 40? When I was 40, um, I had um, actually went to my grandmother's funeral And when I did, my uncle that sexually abused me was at the funeral, and I had not seen him since. Mm. And it triggered 
uh, my whole past. In fact, I was so sick that I had to leave the funeral. Mm. And um, and that was when God just set me down, and I just started, the layers of the onion just started coming off. Mm-hmm. And so we just, um, I had to start, we started dealing with it. And the Holy Spirit led you how to do that. Yes, absolutely. Give us, give us an idea in case anybody that's listening has had that kind of a history. How did, how did God help you with that? <sighs> the Holy Spirit is like none other. Mm-hmm. It is a knowing that you know that you know that you know. It's not a how could you, shameful, Mm -hmm. uh, beating yourself up, condemnation, yes. It was a knowing, a breaking of the heart. It is um, honestly, and I know regret is not of God, but it's just so much regret. And, um, and the, the, the sad part is I had been in church Mm. for 20 years. I raised my family in church. My husband and I were very, uh, in leadership at church. Mm. I mean, I sang in the choir. Uh, we taught Sunday school. We were on all the committees. Um, I was on a praise and worship team. I mean, we were very involved in church, but I was pro-choice. Mm. Because and you had had a, an abortion. You have to justify having an abortion. You may never have another one, you may never admit to having one, but you've got to justify it. Because if you don't justify it, then you're guilty. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what breaks my heart. That's when I knew something, my testimony had to be spoken. Mm-hmm. Because at least 40% of that church is full of women that have had an abortion oh my. or have been part of encouraging someone to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And the men, the men too. Wow. My husband, I mean, he's the one. We both made the decision to have the abortion. I mean, he had to deal with it. Wow. But as long, I mean, it is such an ugly secret, mm-hmm. ugly secret. Nobody wants to admit to having one. It's, it's, it's just ugly. Mm-hmm. But you have to justify it because wow. if you don't, you're guilty. And that's when the pride kicks in. Ooh. But God resists the proud. Oh, yes, he does. It's one of the six things he hates. So so how did the Holy, how the Holy Spirit got you into that place where you recognized that you had made a mistake oh. and you're willing to admit it? Oh, yes. The conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction is different from shame. Yes. Yes. It's freeing. It's for, oh, because it leads to repentance. Oh my goodness! Yes, it is like um, I will never ever forget. I was on an Emmaus walk right after all this happened, mm. and I remember sitting in the aisle, just leaning up against the wall, and everyone was going to the altar, and I was just sitting there weeping, going, "What is?" wrong with me, God? What is wrong with me? I've, I've shared, I mean, we have talked through all this and I, why can't I be set free? And I heard the Lord, 
I audibly heard him hmm. in my spirit so loud say, Tanya, you are forgiven. Wow. And when he said that, I looked around the room. I was going, did you hear that? <gasps> did you hear that? It was so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that day changed everything in my life. Wow. I was forgiven. Would you please pray for any listener that has gone through what you've gone through and they still don't feel forgiven? Would you pray for them to have that same experience that you had and just impart that? Yes. Oh, my precious sisters, God loves us so much. He will not leave us in that darkness. All we have to do is say yes and amen to him. There is victory on the other side. Mm-hmm. There is the most amazing forgiveness and freedom and peace and joy that comes from letting that secret out. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't let that secret out, it will destroy you from the inside out. Abortion breaks off a piece of your heart. It leaves you with a orphaned heart, a heart that cannot love a healthy love in a healthy, loving relationship, a, a broken heart that will never let you love your children the way God has called you to love them. A broken heart that will keep you from having a relationship with your husband that is healthy and godly. Because your heart has been broken. A piece of it has been taken off. And God has such a mighty, beautiful destiny for each and every one of us. He wants us to be able to love with a whole and full and pure heart. He wants us to love our children so they can love with a healthy and whole and pure heart. Forgiveness is for us. God does not use the perfect. He uses the forgiven. And trust me, we all make mistakes Sin is sin, but God wants to restore that. The blood of Jesus speaks so loud, and he will come, and he will remove our sin as far as the east is to the west. Yes. He will forgive us where now our testimony doesn't stay embedded into a secret dark place, Mm -hmm. but it is spoken out to bring Mm -hmm. life to other people. Yes. And it will heal us. Mm -hmm. Abortion will make you sick. And when it is released and healed, divine healing is our inheritance. Yes. So lay down that secret. Tell God he loves you so much. Share it with the Lord. He already knows. Just tell him. Ask him to forgive you. Because he will 
It's his promise to us. And be free to love and live the destiny God has planned for you before you were ever born. Yes. Be set free, my friend. Be set free. Thank you, Lord. Jesus changes everything. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name. Move, Holy Spirit. Amen. Break the chains. Mm-hmm. Break the chains off of the, the prison doors. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. It will change the dynamics of your family. Changes everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Tanya. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, Sherry, I'd like to get your input also. Uh, you have a special needs child, and and there's so much pressure to abort babies that have some kind of a special need. Uh, so you have a special heart for this. Would you please share something on that's on your heart? I will. Um, Amber's now 42, and actually when she was born, Dell and I were born again at that same time in the hospital. Wow. And I also heard a voice. I've never heard an audible voice, but I heard a voice, and he said, I am the same today as I was yesterday and will be tomorrow. And I was so, even though I grew up in a Methodist church, I was so ignorant of the Word, I didn't realize that was him that was in the Bible. And, you know, I, I then it was just like a whole journey. I thought, let's get her healed. Let's get her healed. And I had a dream, and... The Lord said, don't worry about Amber. She's okay. Let's get on with more important things like your faith. I thought, okay. (laughs) But Amber, um, she was born with Seckles, which is named after Dr. Seckles. And when she was born, we had no idea. That was back before the sonograms and everything. We had no idea that there was even a problem until she was born. And and then when she was born, they didn't even know she had a brain until they did whatever they did. And they said, yes, she has a brain, but it's small, but her head's small. But because of the word that says, and I'm, I knew you before you're ever even formed. And Sister Gwen saying she believes, she says, I'm not believe, I don't know that it's scripture, but she said, I believe because of that word, these children that come, it, it, some people call them marred, I call them extra special angels, actually, but that. When they come that way, that before they were ever informed, they had an opportunity to volunteer the way they are mm. to come, to do kind of like on a mission because so many of these children, they love, they are so full of love. So I'm, I'm speaking to the, the mom that may be pregnant or the grandmothers or whoever knows that their child or their relation is carrying a child and they've been told by the doctor that there's a problem and they need to abort. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm speaking to you and just it, that is such a lie from the enemy that these children are so special with a special assignment. And the enemy, of course, wants to nip them out where they don't get to be, yeah. <laughs> complete what they're doing. And, my heart's just for these these moms that have been discouraged to carry on with the pregnancy. And so many of those abortions are so subtle that they, they're not talking about them. There's nations that have almost 100% abortion, aborted Down syndrome children, where wow. there's none at all. And so in America, 
I'm sure the same thing. You know, sure. I'm sure the They're same trying. thing. And back, back, even you know, whenever they do the test, they can say, "Well, there's a problem." And so many times, there is no problem, yes. but they're being put into a fear mode of, "Oh, this and that." And then you think, "Well, I don't know if I can handle that." With God, you can handle anything, and He blesses you because and, of it. And what did Sister Gwen say to you when you asked her to pray for Anna? Uh, Sister Gwen came to Lubbock one time when I'd been told. Take her wherever Sister Gwinnett, take Amber. And so Amber, I was carrying her at that time. She was so tiny. And uh, Sister Gwen took her finger and put it on my chest. And she said that the Lord has special people that he chooses these children to put these children with. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend that's in her 90s now, um, she's the one that remembered that conversation. <laughs> wow. And I've written a book, actually, and it's for these children and for the testimony of these children. So, I mean. So can we get, can we get your book through our bookstore? You sure can as soon as I get it. I've got it to the publisher. I'll have to do some corrections on it. Okay. So pretty soon it's going to be, it's going to be in our bookstore. (laughs) I mean. Wow. So you'll be able to go to globaloutpouring.org at uh, soon. So when the ordinance was passed, what was the percentage of the vote that was for this ordinance that would allow Lubbock to become a sanctuary city for the unborn? We won 62 to 38%. 62% of the voters said, we want to protect life in Lubbock. Yes. And then what happened in the weather? Oh. (laughs) We live in a very dry climate. Mm-hmm. We do not have enough rain, really. Most we, of the time. Yeah, sometimes. And and it's cotton country. Cotton, cotton country. And it rained and rained and rained and rained. And everybody had to take note of the um, unusual amount of rain that was close to what we usually get in a year. And in, in, in what period of time? About a few weeks. A few weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. The annual rainfall in a few weeks. And then what happened to the cotton crop? Beautiful. It, w- it was so high that they had to get different kinds of harvesting equipment hmm. because it was just unbelievable, the crop everywhere. The farmers... Uh, would take pictures out in their field and hold their arms straight out, and the cotton would be under their arms. Cotton is usually more of a smaller bush. Like maybe it's normally would be, what, about uh, two and a half feet high, something knee high, like something that. like that? Something and, like and that. And so it was up to the farmer's arms? Armpits. <laughs> and, and the neat thing was, it wasn't just us connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. It was the whole farming community, community and beyond. It, it was on Facebook, everywhere. They, so They put two and two together to say what? To say it's because of the vote. God is blessing us. Wow. Glory to God. Yes. Tell about the price. Uh that was even more unusual that the cotton was prolific and the price was way higher than it normally is. And how to 
those two things go together, I'm not sure. That's divine. Yeah. That's divine intervention and favor. Yes. God's favor was upon you because of of obeying Mm -hmm. his heart, the Father's heart for the unborn. Right. Wow. It was it was a miracle the way the Lord did this. Praise God. That is exciting. So we want to encourage you listeners to uh, pull together in your heart before you lay your head on the pillow tonight. If you have a heart for the unborn, maybe there's, maybe there's something coming into your city. Maybe it's already in your city. Maybe you live in a place where it's not happening, but you want to get involved. You start with prayer. That's what these ladies did. They started with prayer, and then they obeyed the Holy Spirit who showed them what to do. For them, it was um, getting a billboard and and putting these messages out there like, read me some of the things that were on the, the messages of the first billboards you put out. There was, a, there was one with, uh, with hands that had, that had baby feet in them, and, and what did it say? Each one of those babies have a destiny over their life. Right. And, that, and your, your organization is called Project Destiny. Yes, it right? is. Project Destiny Lubbock? Yes. Like one of them says, I know it's hard, but don't give up on me. And it says, choose life on there. And then it says, another one says, I have an assignment to bring hope to the world. Beautiful. Will you choose life for me? I have an assignment to bring hope to the world. That's right. Mom, I really want to meet you in person. Would you choose life for me? Mm. I've been chosen for greatness. Would you choose life for me? Beautiful. And these billboards were all over the city. There was one right by the university, right? Yes. These were the digital ones. Mm -hmm. They were beautiful. Yeah. But they weren't, when we realized we were literally facing Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. they weren't bold enough. But those those digital ones began the process of people saying, how can we get involved? Right. So you were, you were taking steps that the Holy Spirit gave you. Right. And, and with each step, there came more favor and there came this groundswell. That was the word that, that the mm-hmm. Lord gave you mm-hmm. when you spoke to the mayor. Gay, Gay just tell us that story. <laughs> I love that story. I do too. Well, we were at a table eating dinner and we were discussing the mayor. And so somebody at our table said, oh, well, there he is right over there. And for a minute, I was like, do I do this? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And of course, the table went, uh oh, she's <laughs> getting up. <laughs> and I just went over and said, Mayor, Mayor, he was leaving. Mm. And I just said, Look, this is really a serious thing. You do know that the citizens of Lubbock and surrounding towns, it's like a groundswell of dissent. And and you've got to know that. And he pointed his finger at me and told me it was illegal. He was very forceful and and it was unconstitutional and it's separation of church and stuff. I mean, here he went. And I just 
listened to him. And then he said, that Charles Perry, who is our pro-life senator, he stirred this. I said, isn't he a great guy? (laughs) And he said, yes. Hmm. And then he went on to berating. But anyway, that was it. And then he recognized me at a couple of other things we went to, like coffee with the mayor, Hmm. and was fairly nice. But um, anyway, that was the beginning of... And he's not running any in in the next election, is he? He knew he would lose. Hmm. Smart man. On our final billboards that we put stationary all over the city of Lubbock was the, sta- was the billboard that talked about Lubbock, Texas being a sanctuary city for the unborn and to call your uh, city council mm-hmm. and let them know that you want Lubbock, Texas would be a sanctuary city for the unborn. So uh, God had given me a scripture, and it was Romans 4, 17. And he had spoken afterwards, after it was all over, he said, y'all literally prophesied Lubbock, Texas, to be a sanctuary city for the unborn by declaring what wasn't in existence into existence. Oh, yes. Declaring those things that that are not as though they were. As though they were. Yes. And that is what he showed me that happened with those billboards. When we didn't think they meant anything, Mm. it was, we literally was prophesying that over our city and it came into existence. Now, you also have a billboard out there now. Yes. Now that that Lubbock is already a sanctuary city for the unborn. What does that one say? It says Lubbock is for... Life, declaring hope, health, and prosperity. So you're you're making another declaration yes. over the city, yes. and and God is going to bring it to pass. Yes, He is. You're declaring hope and health and prosperity yes. over this city, and that's beautiful. Sherry, go ahead. And another leg of this is for the mothers, and afterwards, and I imagine it was going on all along, but. Uh, there was one of the churches that opened up a room specifically to minister to pregnant mothers, and they have a a clothes, you know, brand new clothes and diapers and all kinds of things, and they bring them in, and then they pray over them, and uh, there were some little uh, footprints of a baby's foot at the size mm-hmm. of at, at the age of six weeks. And on that little card, it has uh, how to pray for your child. Oh, and so beautiful. what they do is they broke it down on, on the trimesters, pray for your child for the eyes to be developed, for the mm-hmm. ears to be developed, for the heart to be developed. And they go throughout the whole pregnancy. And at the very end, they give them, I think they give them car seats, you know, for the car, but they wow. work them all the way through that whole thing. And then another thing that happened was in the very building where there had been abortions, they are uh, remodeling it and open it up for mothers that are pregnant. So it, it opens up another have, step. For, for a place to, the, to stay? Yes. yes. Uh, like a home. A home. home for, yes. And of course, they have done spiritual warfare over that place. Mm-hmm. Several to cleanse times. <laughs> it from, from the, the, uh, uh, the cry of the blood uh, that has been shed there. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus, you know, the, the blood of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. pays for all of that. There's, there's nothing like the blood of Jesus Christ. 
cleanses us from all sin. And another aspect is that uh, we are working with churches, and they're working to uh, streamline adoptions. Good. And so we want to make it clear that we are not against mothers. Mm-hmm. We're for the mothers. Sure. We just want them to see the option of adoption. I have two adopted children myself, and so there is other options besides death. Right. Beautiful. Let them know that the lady leading this out had an abortion, really mostly forced abortion in that very building. Yes. Okay. Tell us about that building. Uh, A little bit on that building was the original building was the original Planned Parenthood here in Lubbock, Texas. Um, And what we think is so unbelievable, God, is what the enemy meant to destroy and to kill, steal, and destroy, God will use for good. He is using that Planned Parenthood building to now be a home for these young pregnant women. Mm. And the couple that are actually doing this, she had an abortion herself at that same facility. Wow. Yes. God turning that it is for good. God. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the other thing that happened was I know that several different groups went over there and redeemed the land. And of course, Sister Gwen has the book, Redeeming the Land. Mm-hmm. But it's on our website. When um, one group went there to redeem the land, a stork flew over the top. <laughs> And they're not native to here? No. no, no, no. <laughs> I we don't have it. storks in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> we don't have water. <laughs> Beautiful. But it is, it's important to redeem the land and take communion there. And yes. Uh, when our group went, uh, we had some of the dirt that y'all had gathered from Plymouth. Plymouth Rock. And mm-hmm. so we planted that dirt there and blew the shofar and took communion with Sister Gwen's book, Redeeming the Land. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. So can you tell us where people can go for resources so that that they can they can find something that they can do? Number one, they're going to pray. Number two, they're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number three, they're going to go to a website. What website would that be? Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn.com is Mark Lee Dixon's website who who really orchestrates and evaluates your community which way to go. And he is amazing. And he will answer you and talk to you. And then our email is Project Destiny Lubbock at gmail.com. Okay. And then our Facebook is at projectdestiny.lubbock. And we have new things on there every day. Beautiful. And here's another uh, place to get some really good materials that will help you to get the uh, the facts that you need to understand. There is a little booklet called Fact Check, Who Was America's Abortion King? And it talks all about um, Dr. Nathanson, 
who really was was the the man who pushed to make abortions happen and and make it legalized and and this little fact check book uh, reveals all of the lies that were that were put out there and how they pushed to um, to use the right terminology to help people say oh well it's just a choice no it's not a choice it's a baby you know it's a baby it's a person it's a human being but they fabricated lies they manipulated and they used the the media they crafted slogans and and this man himself performed 5000 abortions hmm. he was involved in teaching people who did 10000 abortions he was involved in in uh, overseeing 60000 abortions until god got a hold of him and so this this little book fact check is who was America's abortion king is available through the Hosea initiative and you can find that information on Hosea for you and that's the number 4 Hosea H O S E A the number 4 and then you.org and we'll put links to all of these things in the show notes for the Charisma Podcast Network if you're listening to this podcast on another platform you can always go to cpnshows.com and look for Global Outpouring and look for this episode and you're going to find the links to all of these places and and we'll add some other links to things that um, that would be helpful for you to work with and and begin to do the thing that God leads you to do to help bring down this travesty. So I'm excited how God has used you. And I just want to encourage everyone that's listening, pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit give you the word of, of what you need to do and what's your part in this. Because the Lord has a plan and he has a purpose. And I just want to uh, bring a scripture here to close with. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the restrainers, the, the ones who withhold that, that keep the Antichrist spirit from taking over. The Antichrist spirit is already at work. It already was at work in the days of Paul, and he's saying it's already at work. In, but, but the man of sin is not going to be revealed until the restrainer is taken out of the way. Well, the restrainer can't possibly be just the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has to be here to help people get saved, right? So it's the Holy Spirit working through the ecclesia, the restrainers that say, no, not on our watch. No, uh-uh, not on our watch. And so these restrainers are standing up and doing their part and saying, no, we are going to do what the word says, and we're going to see to it that the word is enforced in our land, in our city, in our nation, wherever you are. This isn't just pertaining to America either. This is pertaining to any place where there are believers who are willing to have the backbone to say, no, not on our watch. Now, I do want to recommend that you approach this by the leading of the Holy Spirit, and not just by um, being bold in your flesh, because operating in the flesh is never going to get you anywhere. 
But if you'll do things by the leading of the Holy Spirit and you'll do them in the humility of the Holy Spirit and and in the character of Jesus Christ, you will succeed and you will be able to help to bring an end to things that are operating in an antichrist way that uh, that are contrary to the word of God and just keep standing because Jesus is looking for for a people that he can operate through and be all that he intended us to be that will fulfill our destiny in the earth. Thank you, ladies, for being with us today. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank you. Awesome. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.